Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we delve into the darkest recesses of the internet to find something interesting or even comprehensible. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. Going mononymous again. I'm going to say it every time I do it. You're going, oh, mononymous, yes, okay. I was like, I thought you were trying to say anonymous and you did it bad. (laughs) I'm going by a mononym, one name Mm -hmm. in the Latin, Greek? Latin. No, wait, it is Greek. Is it both? A lot of them are both, right? No, that's Uh, just the gods. (laughs) <laughs> NYM is a Greek thing, so I guess it's Greek, but NOM is name in Latin, so it's close. Anyway, um, now in my defense, you do always wear a Guy Fox mask while we record, that's so that's true. why I thought you said you were going anonymous. Yeah, that's true. Well, I just do that because I have very racist beliefs. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna leave that hanging. <laughs> yeah, do you, wanna, do you wanna explain that at all? Or? Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of 4chan memes that talk about uh, globalism. Okay, so, okay. <laughs> I thought you were trying to say that Guy Fox was racist, and he probably was, but I don't think that's part of yeah, his famous story. Just, just by coincidence, though, because he's British and from a long time ago. Yeah, exactly. He's a white guy from before, like, 1990, <laughs> so he's probably racist. Wow, that's really generous to white yeah, guys born 1990 <laughs> and after. <laughs> uh, but if you're from, um... Uh, Cavalier times, you can be okay to be racist against, like, Italians or something, which he probably was, right? Yeah. I really liked in, uh, our vampire game, you made your wet vampire racist towards Italians. I thought that was fun. (laughs) I just think it's very funny for her to consider baked ziti to be ethnic food. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And she absolutely Uh, would, because she hasn't eaten anything since she, well, before, since before she came to the new world. Like 1640. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I only eat one raw potato a day. I was looking in one of my very old cookbooks from the 1850s, and it had a recipe for Spanish butter. And what Spanish butter is, is just- (laughs) Is that some kind of drug? No. (laughs) No, it's a sex act. (laughs) This is just butter that has orange flower water in it. And I'm like, that is charming, and I bet they've never done that in Spain, and they don't do that in Spain. (laughs) So this is, like, made up for the English market of the 1850s, probably. Yep, like French fries. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> Those are at least, like, based on a food from a country near France. I wonder if it's supposed to be, like, because Belgians speak French, they're, like, French the language, not French the country. <laughs> I think it's more the uh, air of sophistication that you can give to French food. Mm. Like, Belgian fries, like, that's nothing um uh, Yeah, people would be like, How did- where's Belgium? Is that Eastern Europe? I don't know what Belgium Belgium is. That's going to make How did France get away with being like, mm, we're the classy food forever? Like, it's just butter, guys. We know what you're doing. <laughs> I think it's because they have, like, a part of their government that is very strict about how their language is pronounced, and so it makes them seem, in general, fussy. Yes. Like, like is they're, that a- they're culturally fussy, and so that... uh gets carried over to all aspects of their culture, including their uh, art, films, and food. I mean, I think that that's also true of British people, but their food is anything but classy. It's like, the best food in England is the kind of food that you get in a bar after they've closed, and you ask them to <laughs> o- to open up just to microwave you one sausage. 
I think the difference there is Britain was like, let's become industrialized and be a world power. We can eat garbage out of a can. That's fine. And France was like, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> so now they've yeah. gotten a good reputation for food. They're like, we're going to take two hour lunch breaks and we are yeah. not going to eat things out of cans. Yeah, the yeah. the British uh, are mostly famous for, like, stealing food from other cultures. So is France. The reason sure. that there's so many regional French cuisines is because, like, if you're at, at if you're at the border with Italy and France, then all of your food is, like, basically Italian food, mm. as opposed to Spain or yeah. Germany. Like, France borders on so many countries, that's why it has such a wide range of cuisines. What's weird is there's Normandy, which is in the north of France, which has a lot of a lot in common with English cuisine, but it doesn't get that stigma attached to it like English cuisine does. Yeah, I wonder why... I don't, I'm not saying that I think English cuisine is fantastic. I enjoy a lot of it, but like, I don't think it's any particularly worse than other bad food from other parts of the world. Yeah, it just became that stereotype, I think, because uh, I've thought about this a lot with uh, Japanese food. There are a lot of very simple Japanese dishes, basically no seasoning, but a little bit of salt and like (laughs) chopped uh, cabbage on your plate with no seasonings whatsoever. Like, how come come Japan gets to be like, oh, we're cool and minimalist? Yeah. It doesn't seem I don't know. (laughs) Because it's it's new to the Western world. I guess so. Yeah. I Also, I think that, like, people People, uh, people are down on England because their culture is bland in every arena. And I think that Japan, while some of the food can be bland, other areas, they are much more exciting. Yeah, that's true. What is, like, the most famously terrible white people food? Like, England is known for having bland food, but, like, is Scottish food, like, we know about haggis, and is there anything good from, like, Scottish cuisine that we know about famously? Uh, do you like porridge? I do. Do you like I mean, shortbread? I, I like haggis okay. It's yeah, not, it's not bad. bad. Blood pudding's pretty good. Right, I've never had those things either, but they're, like, well-known for ooking people out. Well, that's well, yeah, true, but-, but the thing about uh, Scottish, Welsh, to an extent Irish food is, that's poverty food. <laughs> it's trying to make uh, the most yeah. out of, like, having nothing. So yeah. so much so much of what grosses people out in food nowadays is just organ meats, and I get it. I also am grossed out by organ meats, <laughs> but uh, it, I don't know why. Like yeah. we only like to eat muscle tissue. We can't eat any of the other parts of the animal. That seems pretty uh, wasteful. You, you know what? I'm realizing now it's probably Polish food that is like fa- most famously gross. They have like duck blood soup and, and sauerkraut, which people don't. I like. mean, like listen, borscht is not good. Most Russian food is bad. <laughs> yeah, like all, like all of that Eastern European stuff is just like, what if we took some beets and let them go bad? Yeah, I mean, now we're getting into that one raw potato a day territory that I was talking about earlier. <laughs> uh, yeah. Matt, what'd you do this week? So I started playing a game that is free on uh, Xbox Game Pass, which is absolutely incredible. Guys, mm-hmm. I am not being paid by Microsoft to to plug this, but Game Pass is fucking popping off because I've started playing Wasteland 3, which only came out, like, a couple of weeks ago, um, and it's like a brand new, big-scale game that a lot of people were excited for, and you can just play it for free if you have Xbox Game Pass. That's crazy. And you can play it on your computer or your Xbox. Also crazy. Hmm. Anyway... Uh, I've been playing Wasteland 3, and I don't know if, have I, are either of you at all into isometric CRPGs, like a Baldur's Gate or a... 
original <laughs> Fallout. I've never really tried them. I want to be more than I am. I started Planescape Torment because I bought it for deep sale on the Switch. Mm. And I got like an hour or two into it and was like, this is a lot of reading. Louisa, I think you might like them. They're, <laughs> they are nicely paced for not being stressful to play, and you can get as deep into the story as you want. Okay. Yeah, I might. Um, so there's a lot of good stuff in there for folks who want to experience a story. And the nice thing about having the visual style be so basic for a lot of these is that it opens up the world to giving you a lot more flexibility in the choices you can make. Uh, by which I mean, like, because they don't have to 3D render a lot of characters reacting to the stuff you do, <laughs> they just have to write dialogue. You can be like, oh yeah, I guess I will betray the people that the whole plot of the game is for you to save them. And like, they've written a script for that, and the game continues on in a different direction if you do that, so that's pretty fun. That's pretty fun. Uh, anyway, but Louisa, you probably would not like Wasteland 3 because it's post-apocalyptic, which I know you don't enjoy, so you should try Neverwinter instead. Mm, mm-hmm. Which is sort uh, of like pre-apocalyptic apocalypse, if you're thinking, if, if you, like me, are thinking of Neverwinter Nights, where there's, like, plague parts of town and stuff. Oh, yes, for sure. It's very dystopian- uh, past magic. The irony feel. about the city of Neverwinter is it's pretty much always winter there. Yep, yeah. it's true. It's it's showing you how propaganda works, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, there is no war in Neverwinter. Exactly, there's no winter in Neverwinter. Anyway, um, but Wasteland 3, I'm really enjoying it. It's been a long time since I've... I mean, Neverwinter and Neverwinter 2 came out like... Ugh, 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> uh, so, like, it has been a long time since I've played an isometric RPG that I really enjoyed, but I'm really liking Wasteland 3. It has that thing where, as you play through it and your characters level up, you can assign experience points into different skill groups, like picking locks or shooting guns, but also things like uh, talking to people in a way that's nice, or, like, yelling at people to intimidate them and things like that which opens up new dialogue trees and that is my shit all over that's my shit <laughs> i love a game where the dialogue options are gated by how good you are at talking it is pretty yeah good. yeah i enjoy like oh you have to get up your uh your charm skill to unlock the like be nice to people option or whatever yep yes and whenever i'm in a dialogue or like going through a dungeon and i click on something and it's like okay here are your options option one like hit it with a hammer option two try to pry the door open and then there's like a red bar that's like this option locked by mechanics level four i'm like fuck man i gotta get mechanics level four yeah <laughs> even if it doesn't do anything helpful to me i need to know what that option is <laughs> i i love in mass effect when you do the right things enough where you're like the two options are like okay i guess you can beat me up or like here's some money and then the like third option is shoot him to death <laughs> like you were yes. enough of, you were enough of a dick in previous missions that you get to win this fight <laughs> oh, yeah I get yeah. anxious when uh, there's a dialogue tree and it doesn't have the thing you want. Where, yes. like, someone wants you to help them on a side quest, and you, what you want to say is, uh, I'll help you later, I'm doing something else right now. But your only choices are, yes, let's go to the dungeon immediately, or fuck off. <laughs> like, there's no, yeah. <laughs> there's no letting them down easy, or like, can we put a pin in this? Ugh. Yeah, that, that's something I've struggled with a little bit in Wasteland, cause I, I just got to, 
for anyone who doesn't know the premise of the Wasteland games, they are sort of analogous to the Fallout games where there was an, a nuclear apocalypse that happened that halted all human uh, civilization for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. But in Fallout, that happened in the 50s. In Wasteland, that happened in the 80s. Okay. So 80s culture is like, it's like a post-apocalyptic 80s game, basically. Like Mad Max. Yeah, so, sort of. But it's this one is set in Colorado, so it's all like frozen wastelands. Okay. Oh, so it's uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> well, Horizon Zero Dawn could theoretically take place 1,000 years after Wasteland. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, it's the post-post-apocalypse. <laughs> yep. Uh, so anyway, I just got to the Denver airport, which is run by a cult of women who call themselves Nancy, like, uh, like the way that nuns call themselves Mary something. Uh, okay. All these women call themselves like, uh, Nancy Loyalty or Nancy Diligence. Uh, and I found out that the reason why is because they have a giant robotic statue of Ronald Reagan that they all worship as a god. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Which I is very that. funny. Um, but then they asked me to, they hired me to go and kill a bunch of communist robots that they think are like, destroying the American way of life. They hired you to go kill Jodie Foster to impress Ronald Reagan. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, But, and in the dialogue tree, my options were like, yes, I will do this, or uh, no, basically I'm going to start a war with your cult. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I wanted to be like, no, the the communist robots are right. (laughs) You're wrong. (laughs) Yeah. But that was not an option. (sighs) I love that I I think that a lot of that gets like hmm, how to say. Uh did you play Disco Elysium? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Uh there's a there's like explicitly a story path where you get to become a communist and spread communism. Yes. And I I feel like uh the sort of Cold War era CRPGs like the Fallout series because they are uh not as friendly to communism, uh, that was a response to that. Yeah, I think that's probably true. When I played Disco Elysium, though, I was a little off-put by... The way that game works is when you're making choices, it tells you which of your traits each choice will enhance. So you'll be like... One of the options will be like, uh, you know, tell this guy to go on strike, and then it'll say after it, like, communist, which means if you choose this, it'll make you more communist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was pretty off-put by how often the communist option was like, set this guy's truck on fire, communist. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to do that, but I do want to be a communist. Mm, I'm sorry, Matt, but you're going to have to start setting trucks on fire if you really want to be a communist. I mean, I guess that Disco Elysium has accurately represented my world dilemma now, which is that I want to support anarchism, but I don't want to buy a gun. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Uh, That's the hard part, isn't it? I kind of feel like that might be the most common sentiment in my generation, (laughs) is we all want there to be a violent uprising, but none of us want to actually shoot anyone. I think of the lyric very often uh, of the Against Me song, Baby, I'm an Anarchist, which came out in, like, 2002, and the lyric is, uh, and when it came time to throw bricks through that Starbucks window, you left me all alone. Um, Like, it's a a plea to the, the liberal to support leftist movements. 
Uh huh. Uh, and I have been thinking about that a lot lately for no particular reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no reason apart from parody or fair use. Or, uh... Yeah, no, I, uh, it's nothing in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I highly recommend everyone play Wasteland 3 if you like an RPG of any kind, and especially an isometric RPG. It's the best one I've played since Neverwinter Nights 2. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay, so that's what I did. Louisa, what did you do this week? Um, I have been watching more uh, teen comedies, and I watched Mean Girls. And I'm bringing that up because I had never seen it before, before mm-hmm. this past week. And So do you get a lot more internet memes now? <laughs> well, that's not the thing I wanted to say. Like, I feel like when you watch a movie that everyone else has seen and you haven't, and it's way, it's decades later, and you're finally watching it, I feel like everyone thinks that you're gonna see some famous line and be like, oh, wow, I'm my mind's blown. This line, I see it now. Yeah, what? you're gonna do Leonardo DiCaprio meme. Pointing <laughs> at the TV. What actually happens is, you're like, oh yeah, yes, I knew that was from this movie, and there it is. But then, when the things happen in the plot, you're like, I had no idea. Because you know all the little details, because those yeah. are the things that get memed. But no one's like, and the plot is that there's a uh, vote for prom queen at the end, and it turns out like this. <laughs> so I saw that, and I was like, that's really weird. It's <laughs> a weird way to end your movie. Yeah, I have not seen Mean Girls in, like, five years, so I don't- and I only saw it once, and I didn't really like it that much, but, um, I do remember as I was watching it being like, huh, I guess that Tina Fey is kind of a bad person. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the- is that the vibe you got as well? From this movie? No, I don't think so. Hmm, okay. Um, I- enjoy that movie um Mm. but that might just be because i'm a millennial and it came out when i was a teenager and so i watched it in like high school or college uh how did you feel about it uh overall i thought it was pretty good i thought it thought it had more to say about life than it actually did i guess Mm. i think that's the vibe that made me feel bad about Tina Fey watching it is that I feel like everything Tina Fey does has a veneer of having a message, but if you dive into the message at all, it instantly falls apart, and it's really just, I guess, in support of the status quo? Maybe. It's tough to say. Um, yeah. But overall, I thought it was just, like, a pleasant movie. Yeah, I think that's what, like, that's what an audience wants from a teen comedy, right? Just, like, an hour and a half of pleasantless and mild amusement. Yeah. What yeah. gets me about uh, 90s, 2000s uh, teen comedies is frequently the female characters will be wearing whatever they want a movie star to wear, and then the movie will make a little mention of uh, the, the high school dress code. You cannot mention that movie. <laughs> you, you cannot break uh, reality in that way, because no, they're not in dress code. In my school in the 90s, you weren't even allowed to wear a tank top. So, a girl wearing a tube top and a really short skirt is not within dress code movie, even if you say that she is. Ugh, don't bring it up. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you didn't have to. (laughs) But they did have to, for some reason. I guess. I do think it's funny, looking back, the idea that we were supposed to watch this movie and be like, oh, Lindsay Lohan is the normal one, and Rachel McAdams is the crazy one. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you guys cast this so bad. Yeah. I think they did a really good job with uh, Rachel McAdams' character being um, uh, two-faced and backstabbing and everything, but sort of thinking of herself as the hero. Like, you could believe that she yeah. did think that. That's definitely... I mean, I think the best part about that movie is Rachel McAdams' performance. And I don't even really like her that much, but she does such a great job of 
of, like you say, making a, a believable villain, <laughs> like, everyone who watched that movie was like, oh, I know this person in my life. Yeah. And it, it was good to take focus off her. Like, she did some really bad things that are kind of, like, the, the catalyst for a lot of the movie, but she's not, she wasn't the source of Lindsay Lohan's problems. Yes. Lindsay Lohan's problems sort of came from the way she herself was living life, and I think they handled yes. that Also well. drug abuse. Well, I mean, mm. the character's the character. <laughs> oh, the character, I'm K- sorry. Yes. Katie is her name, right? Yeah, Katie. K-A-D-Y? Yes. Why did I remember that? <laughs> <laughs> I, for- I, I double scheduled doctor's appointments this week, but I can remember the name of the main character from Mean Girls, and I've had the same song from the musical Jekyll and Hyde caught in my head with all of the lyrics perfectly intact, and I haven't listened to it in at least a decade. I don't know what's wrong with my brain, but I hate it. Yeah. Yeah, it sure seems like some of us are born with a brain that is designed to make to handicap us. Yeah, I think it's that's just- most of us, don't you think? Yeah, I don't maybe. think I was born this way. I think I was made this way by living in a society. Oh, okay. Lady Gaga would disagree. Mm. I think <laughs> no. I was born as a motorcycle, but I became the Joker because we live in a society. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for supporting. Uh, but have you guys had this experience where the plot of a well-known movie that you haven't ever seen, when you finally see it, the plot is kind of a surprise to you? Hmm. Probably. I can't think okay, of a, to mind. like yeah. I can't think of a well-known movie that I only saw like somewhat recently. Yeah. Um I was surprised I I did see Pretty in Pink when I was like 20 or something, but I had heard about it a lot before then, and I was surprised when I finally saw it that so many people were like, "Oh, she should have ended up with Ducky, her her friend who had a crush on her." He is so smothering and uh inappropriately like ignoring the fact that she's not into him that it is awful to think that she would end up with Ducky. Yeah, it's it's weird how watching that movie you're like, "I guess Ducky is the least abusive of the men in her life, but that's <laughs> not a high bar." Yeah. <laughs> The, uh, the person that most people should end up with in a movie, uh, if the main character is a woman, is none of them. Or yes, her yeah. female best friend. Oh, here's one. Uh, I don't know that, I don't know. I, you guys can tell me if you think most people saw this, but I saw Baba Duke for the first time just a couple weeks ago. Um, and I had heard all of the memes and everything about it, but watching it, I was like, oh, this is a very sad movie about family trauma. This is not a monster movie at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've heard that kind of, but then people sure did like memeing that Babadook. <laughs> yeah, I do is- like- I do uh, like the fact that everyone is just like, but the Babadook is canonically queer. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> I, I don't know why that's so great, but it is so great. <laughs> the, uh, the, like, spookiness of a haunted children's book, I think, caught people by surprise because the mo- movie is mostly just about sadness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that haunted children's book is great. Louisa, have you seen the book at least? No. Oh, you should look up pictures from the book. It's just a pop-up book that the the whole story is set up around the idea that um the main character is a children's book author who okay. makes pop who has made pop-up books in the past and then she finds this pop-up book showing her, like her 
death and her child's death and her, like, murdering their family pet and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's very disturbing. And she goes to the police and they're like, but you make pop-up books. Did you make this book? And she's like, no. And then you're like, wait, did she make that book? <laughs> That's um, and the pop-up book is, like, really good and very upsetting in a way that only a pop-up book could be. Hmm. All right, I might have to look that up. I have read the plot synopsis. It does seem like a good movie. Like, it's got more uh, meat to it than a, the typical horror movie, so it sounds yes. good. I just yeah. can't really watch horror movies myself. Um, yeah, it, it is. There are a couple moments in it that are so unpleasant to watch that I would not never recommend you watch it, Louisa, because <laughs> I know you would hate it. All right. Uh, there are a couple of movies I've seen recently where uh, I was completely unfamiliar with the source material and I found surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, the Invisible Man was one. Like, I don't think I realized until I thought about it that, of course, the eponymous character would be, like, a creepy bad guy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and the modern <laughs> movie makes his uh, his wife into the protagonist of the story. Like, Is the Invisible Man the horniest monster? Frankenstein... Mm, the Gill Man's only thing was kidnapping women. Oh, that's true. Frankenstein wanted love, not horniness, Jeff. Same thing. Frankenstein goes <laughs> so insane for wanting a wife that he destroys his dad's life uh, piece by piece. Yes, but whether or not this is him lying to himself, I guess, could be debated. But his whole thing is, like, a person only becomes a person when they are loved by someone. Franken- not, I want, not, I want to fuck. Hold on. Yeah. Franken- <laughs> Frankenstein wife, Frankenstein life? Is that anything? <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> Let's start making those t-shirts. <laughs> I don't even know what that would mean. <laughs> I don't know what it means either. <laughs> Oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, the, the other ones I saw, uh, these are like the most, the last movies I saw in theaters before the world ended. Uh, Emma, which I hadn't realized how exactly oh, yeah. cl- Clueless adapts it. Um, Fantasy Island, which I did not know was a supernatural TV show. Um, like they literally make your fantasies come through, come true with vacation magic. Wait, did they make a movie of that? Yeah, they turned it into a horror movie. <laughs> what? That came out in like February or January. That's wild. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. Is it that was... the one with uh tattoo? Yes. It's not tattoo. Yes, yes tattoo. Yep, okay. That's the one. Uh and then I had no idea what Little Lemon was about before I saw that movie. Yeah, that okay. one was good. I still haven't seen that new one. The new one is good. It's uh, I it's so much better that modern filmmakers have decided that they can do an attempt at accurate looking costumes and sets as opposed to like the 90s-ist thing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> yeah. Watching the old little women you're like, wow, they just did not try at all. <laughs> like they, the 90s they just one- bought clothes from like JC Penny. <laughs> The 90s one was set in modern day, wasn't it? No! no. Jeff, you need to see it. We've talked about this before. There there were, a, there were like, at least two adaptations that were set in modern day. I don't remember when they were made. Yeah. Uh, one of them was just, like, a TV movie, like, two or three years ago, though. I know that. Yeah, didn't the Green Brothers make a video blog series of, of <laughs> Little Women? God, probably. <laughs> yeah, I know they did for, what was it, Emma? I don't know, Prime Prejudice? Doesn't matter. It's yeah. stupid and bad. Yeah. Um, I hate it. Yes. Um, I do like that in modern stuff, I watch a lot of period uh, dramas, as we know, um, they will not put makeup on people, which for a long time they, like, felt like they had to. And I'm sure 
sure, like, they groom their eyebrows, whatever, but they don't have makeup. So you see these people, these women in this movie or whatever, and you're like, yeah, she's pretty. And then you see her, like, for a red carpet thing, you're like, oh my god, she's gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> but she just has zero makeup in this TV yeah. show. Yeah, um, I, I like uh, the, like, modern trend of, okay, we're gonna do a movie that's, like, a coming-of-age story or something, so we're gonna make the, like, the main character's gonna have, like, zits and no lipstick. Yeah. I think that's partially to do with having more female directors and, like, mm-hmm. be- being willing to be, like, the female star of my movie doesn't need to be ultra-glamorous for them to be uh, compelling. Yeah. But also, I want to point out, I walked in the other day, uh, Jen was, I have never seen this movie, but Jen was watching for the first time Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and holy shit, I I didn't watch any of this movie. I just walked through the room as she was watching it. But and like we, she commented this afterwards as well that it was throughout the whole movie. It is like it is like Halloween City level bad costuming. <laughs> like I kind of love it though. The clothes that they put the main characters in are pretty amazing. I didn't mean, they win like the Oscar for best costumes that year or something. What's wild is that. Before seeing this 10 seconds of this movie, I had, I had always assumed it was good. Mm-hmm. Like, people talked about it like it was a good, scary movie, but it looked like that Backstreet Boys video where they are all monsters. <laughs> yeah, it's it- good in a very stylized way, though. I think if you watched the whole movie, you'd have a different opinion. Hmm. Okay. It won, it won the Oscars for best costume design and best makeup. Best weird hair. <laughs> <laughs> Best insane wig and weird plastic muscle armor. Uh, in that movie, Dracula is definitely the horniest monster. Oh yeah, yes. for sure. I mean, I think that Dracula is like horny, but also kind of has incel energy in a way that yes. Oh no, I always imagine him as like a pickup artist. Uh, yeah, you don't think pickup artists have incel energy? Oh, they definitely oh, do. <laughs> I I think pickup artists are divided into two categories: uh, date rapists and incels. And I think he falls yeah. on the latter of those. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. Sorry, former of those. The first. No, one no, no, I no. Said. Let, hold on. Invisible Man has date rapist energy, and so uh, does Dracula. Dracula. No, Dracula has incel energy. I think. Mm, okay. Yeah, Dracula's gonna have- put in the time to try to convince you to join his weird cult. I guess. Yeah, the, yeah. No, he just uses his magic on you to make you join his harem, right? Uh, well, that- not necessarily. Not for Mia. The The whole book is him trying to convince Mia to join him willingly. Mina. Mm. Mina. Yes. That's what I meant. Yes. Huh. Eh, that's fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> he wants love, much like Frankenstein. He wants someone to mm-hmm. actually love him. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like a lot of the Universal Monsters, their horniness is cloaked in a shroud of philosophy, which is what we call love. <laughs> is the Wolfman horny? Yes. Probably. He's naked a lot of the time. <laughs> He's horny, but I think that gets transposed in movies in a toxic masculinity way, where it turns into murder instead of sex energy. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't know what to do with his horniness, so he turns into a big monster and kills people. Yes. Oh man, that's the dream. <laughs> just like just like the Hulk. Exactly. <laughs> can, can you imagine if every time you were horny, you had the option to turn into a monster and kill people instead? How great that would be? Matt, you do have that option. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I do. I want to be 
like big and super strong. Ooh, you know what? Sorry. Phantom of the Opera is the horniest of the universal monsters. No, he's the most clouded in philosophy. He's the most I just want love. Mm, no, I think he's pretty horny, but I also don't agree if he's a universal monster, per se. Uh, he's listed under Wikipedia's universal yeah. classic monsters category. Yes. Beetlejuice. Uh, yes. Abbott and Costello Meat is also listed under the Universal Classic <laughs> Monsters category because they They were only horny them. for each other. Yeah, they were okay. They kept it under wraps because of the mummy. No. <laughs> Wait, is <laughs> They kept it under wraps that's because good. They... Oh, that's a great joke. <laughs> Uh, they um uh fed off each other's energy. Mm-hmm. Is the mummy horny? I know the 1999 mummy is very horny, and the 2016 mummy is also very horny. I don't yes. think so. I don't think so. Otherwise, he just wants I to murder. That, I think that the 1999 mummy franchise should have ended with Brendan Fraser ending up with that mummy. Yeah, they open like mm. a B and B in Vermont. <laughs> The last uh, shot is the two of them in a convertible driving off into the sunset. Yeah, like, Driving they definitely they definitely should have kissed at least once in that series. Am I wrong? Are you sure they didn't? Yeah, I'm, like, trying to think of, did they for sure not kiss? And I'm like, it seems like the mummy would have just kissed him at some point. Yeah. <laughs> just I mean, to, like, definitely like Bugs kissed, Bunny style. <laughs> he definitely kissed Rachel Weiss like, every chance he got. I don't know that he ever kissed... Uh, Brendan Fraser. I feel like if that mummy, if you kissed that mummy, you would be a little bit afraid that he would like puke beetles into your mouth. <laughs> yeah, of while course. Doing it. That's part of the allure, uh, right? He's dangerous. <laughs> no. I'm for sh- I'm absolutely certain now that you said that that he kissed someone and puked beetles into their mouth, <laughs> and I- that the the much hornier 2016 one did that to one of Tom Cruise's friends in that movie. Did that really happen? Are you saying that that is a fact? I don't remember anything about that movie except what the eponymous mummy looks like. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't think that the 99 movie mummy ever kissed someone to death, but it would have been great if he had. It would have been now, great. Matt, I know you're the only person on Earth who has seen uh, Mummy versus the Dragon Emperor, or whatever the Jet Li one is called. Yes, um, correct. And is that Mummy horny? Uh, there's not really a mummy in that movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's the Scorpion King versus the Dragon Emperor, and they're neither of them are mummies. Do they so kiss? Scorpion King is there? Jesus. Do, do the two of them kiss, though? Uh, no, Damn but it. that would be great. I don't really remember that much about that movie. I just like Jet Li in it because of Jet Li being the best movie star of all time. Okay. Well, we've talked enough about monsters for the moment. Uh, Jeff, what did you do this week? <sighs> I bought Civilization VI for the Switch. Uh, Hell yeah. After <laughs> Matt recommended it either on this show or at some other time. Uh, it was $15 on Amazon and showed up the next day. Um it is a much slower and more contemplative game than I imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have to get and, this game. Yeah, I, I am enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, you start playing and, like, there's no options. You just, I mean, like, there can be options, but I was like, I want the, the base experience. And yeah. so I, I clicked, like, start game and it was just like, okay, we've randomly generated a world and you're Spain in it. Pretty good. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, uh- no tutorial to speak of. Uh, I do like that Sean Bean tells you a quote about history every time you unlock a new technology, is though. Is that Sean Bean? 
It is, yes. That's great. In I... Civilization Five, it was Leonard Nimoy, which was obviously better, but since he died, they had to do someone else, and Sean Bean is also pretty good. Some of the quotes are truly deranged, because they'll be like, it'll be like a quote from Star Wars or something. Yes. <laughs> it'll be like a quote that just has absolutely nothing to do with uh like actual history and is just someone talking about history. Yeah. Um I'm enjoying the game because uh it really just dumps you right in there, doesn't explain anything. The one thing I'm not enjoying is I keep getting notifications that are like, Seville doesn't have enough houses. And yeah. I cannot for the life of me figure out how I build more houses in Seville. Seville has too many oranges. What are we gonna do with all these oranges? <laughs> uh, Seville has an extra barber. I've probably played uh, 500 games of Civilization VI, and it wasn't until game 150 that I figured out that stuff. So yeah. sorry about that, Jeff. But I I do really like that the like the first thing I see is turn counter at the top of the screen. Turn one out of 400. Yes. <laughs> and there's no, like, speed-up mode. You can turn off some of the animations, but, like, you just play those 400 turns. I think I'm at turn, like, 170 or something. Uh, I will say that now when I play Civilization VI, the very first thing I do is turn off the turn limit, because I want to play longer than 400 turns. <laughs> Uh, I'm uh, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. There's a lot of stuff you can automate so that it doesn't become overly tedious. You can just, like, send off your scout to go explore. Yeah, I like that you can... Th one thing that they added in 6 that they hadn't had in previous ones is when you build a worker unit, you can just select for them to auto-upgrade stuff, and they just wander around looking for any buildings or roads that are... that have, like, a newer technology, and then they just automatically upgrade it so you don't have to manually select everything you want uh, upgraded to the most recent technology. Yeah. And that is so helpful. Uh, all of my uh, rivals are entering the industrial age and I'm still in like the bronze age or whatever. Oh no. <laughs> or the, the medieval age. I don't know. The most important thing I've learned about 4X games is that you have to like the only thing worth investing in is technology and science and you have to do that non-stop so that you're way ahead of everyone else. Yeah. There's nothing more satisfying than rolling up on a new civilization and they're like, we're going to kill you with our stone axes. And you're like, mm, I have this machine gun Jeep, though. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's how Atlantis took over the world with their advanced yep. technologies. Yep. yep. And they replaced all, all of our uh, world leaders with lizard people and then wiped our memories of it. <laughs> yep. What's weird is that they only did that like 10 years ago. Oh, only 10 years ago? Because I'm pretty <laughs> sure they did it again four years ago. <laughs> Commentary. Commentary. <laughs> yep. Lock, hashtag lock her up. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm having fun with this game. Uh, anything else we want to say about it before we get into the wiki? Mm, I want to try um, it still. I've been thinking about it. Yeah, you Louisa, you, d you definitely should. It's the the fact any game that is entirely turn based, where you could be like, uh, I want to take a break from this, and you can just put the game down for five hours and then come back, is definitely <laughs> much calmer than. So it's not uh, like it's not like Sim Life when the creatures that you have in pens are gonna evolve wings and then all fly away <laughs> when you come. Yeah. Back. Yes, exactly. I mean, like almost every game now has like a real time element to it which I hate. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the reasons I like uh, Wasteland 3 as well, is because it is also turn-based. So, like, if you are in the middle of a combat and you're just like, mm, I need to go get a drink of water, you can just do it. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's More games good. should do that. Yeah. Uh, well, what's convenient about playing games on Switch is I can always just hit that sleep button, uh, and no matter where I am in the game, it will <laughs> just be paused until I pick the system up again. <laughs> Someone's about to kill your character, and you're like, ah, put it to sleep. <laughs> I need to think about this for a while. <laughs> yeah, I can solve this if I have enough time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh... Wiki time? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So we've we've finally gotten it. Um, Jeff, is it your birthday? (laughs) Yeah. uh, We're going to go for another two hours because we've gotten Wikipedia, the Star Wars wiki. Incredible. They thought it would never happen. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you say Wikipedia, but it's not. It is. It's StarWars.Fandom.com. Yes. That and if you click on it, the header bar says Wikipedia, the Star Wars wiki. I thought that had its own um, uh, URL. Yeah, I, but no, I, I guess not. I had assumed so as well um, when we came across one that was like the Star Wars wiki, yeah. not Wikipedia. Um, but I guess it is on fandom. I know Bulbapedia is not the Pokemon wiki that everyone actually yeah. prefers. They mm-hmm. have their own like server. Yeah, if you right. if you cl- type Wikipedia into Google, the the only thing that comes up is this wiki. All right, so this is the real one then. Um, the most famous one that we've ever been to. Yeah, yep. this is a this is a wiki that I genuinely use on like a semi daily basis <laughs> for all of the debates you have over the uh, biology of rodians. Yeah, like what that mouth do though? <laughs> <laughs> do they even have mouths? I thought they just had anti Semitic noses. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, Toydarians, like Watto. Oh, okay. <laughs> rodians, I mean, rodians most... have that like dick sucking mouth. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, in my defense, most of George Lucas's characters have anti-Semitic noses. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Wikipedia, the Star Wars wiki, has got a picture of a partially built Death Star, and it says, in a galaxy far, far away. And all this is on a little blue uh, Chiron, and then it's solid blue over to the left, all the way over the right. It shades uh, a little transparent so that you can see part of Boba Fett's uh, helmet, I think. Uh, it is a clone trooper, probably Commander Cody, based on the coloring. Why him, do you think? Or, uh, he or was, her, he, or them? He was one of the famous ones. Okay. No, all the clones are the same guy, and they're all a man. Okay. Uh, the same man. Boba Fett's dad, Jango Fett. But you call him Cody, just now. Uh, yeah, but, like, they all have individual identities, even though they're a clone of the same guy. <laughs> Oh, man. You can learn. You can learn more about this in the uh, uh, animated series, The Clone Wars, no. which is mostly bad. Did they go into in the Clone Wars why it's better to cl- to have clones than to just encourage people to fuck more? <laughs> because like cloning somebody just makes a baby version of them. It's yeah. not like they are better at fight. Like he still had to learn to fight. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they raised them in a facility, and they, like, altered their genes to make them age faster. Um, what? I think that- seems dumb. Did they ever say why they picked Django Fett? Like, what's so great about that one guy who doesn't seem particularly remarkable? He was, he was- the most successful bounty hunter in the universe, I yeah. think. Does that make you a good soldier? I wouldn't think so. Mm. Uh- <laughs> 
I mean, Tamura Morrison is like a physically fit guy. I think it would be nice to have an army of him, probably, right? Why him over anybody else, though? This gets back to Matt's thing. Like George Lucas didn't think about it. He <laughs> I wrote, guess so. In 1975, like, he wrote the phrase The Clone Wars into two lines of dialogue, and then 20 <laughs> years later had to be like, oh, god damn it, I have to figure out what that is. I genuinely <laughs> thought you were going to say into two lines of cocaine, because he probably did that, too. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, so there's a little uh, slideshow of the 40th anniversary of the whole deal, and there's stuff about the Mandalorian, etc. Uh, Why didn't they clone a Jedi? Yeah! If you're, the thing is, if you're gonna if you're gonna go to all the trouble of cloning, instead of developing like a really good uh, military school to make the best soldiers, yeah. if you're gonna go to the trouble of cloning a person, they have to be undoubtedly the best soldier that could ever be. And you live in a world that has magic wizards that get that get it from their like biology. Yeah. Why on earth wouldn't you clone one of those? And the reason that you can't just make an army of infinite Jedis is because, like, they are trained to be good. So if you wanted to be bad and have an army of bad Jedis, then the best way to do that would be to clone them and train them in a secret facility. Like, yeah. that would make sense. <laughs> what if you d- uh, can't clone midichlorians? What if they're yeah, the I was one gonna thing say, you can't clone? That is exactly it. Oh, you no! Cannot- <laughs> Uh, I'm writing Star is, Wars now. <laughs> it is difficult to impossible to clone uh, force ability. Ugh. But you can extract midichlorians with some kind of hypodermic needle, right? Uh, I think that the, like, everyone... It, everyone's, like, opinion on midichlorians now is Qui-Gon Jinn was just a weirdo who thought that was real. Because it's uh-huh. never been addressed since. <laughs> so he's, like... The Jedi equivalent of a eugenicist? <laughs> yeah, he's just oh, like God. a Jedi anti-vaxxer and was like, yeah, you have enough of, uh, you have a, enough adrenochrome in your blood to <laughs> do the force real good. So you're saying that when he goes to Yoda and is like, no, this kid does have the, what it takes to be a Jedi, we are to read Yoda's response as sarcastic? Which is like, <laughs> uh-huh, you're totally right. Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> yeah, and then Qui-Gon Jinn goes to Dexter Jetster's diner to find the basement underneath where they're hiding other Anakin's. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> this is, it makes a lot of sense on how Qui-Gon Jinn got killed then, because Yoda was like, you gotta get rid of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know a Darth who can help us with this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Now that would be an interesting plot development in a Star Wars mm-hmm. where Yoda, you a like... thriller? Yeah. Well, not, I mean, not even that, oh. but... I, well, I guess that would be a thriller if Yoda was like, I've been working with the Sith all this time yeah. because I think that we need to, like, restore the balance between the good and bad sides of the Force. That would be a, actually a good plot twist, and yeah. uh, that's something that the Star Wars universe never did well, was plot twists. Yep. After, yeah. after Luke, I'm your father, they never did it again good. <laughs> I like that the article showcase, just a randomly selected article that's on the main page here, it really encompasses Star Wars naming, because it's just a Imperial officer I've never heard of, but his name is Martio Batch. <laughs> and that is such a Star Wars name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is he from? It looks like, based on the illustration, that he's just from a comic book. Probably. The the illustration in this, on the homepage, is, like, small enough that I genuinely thought someone drew this dude with his eyes closed. It doesn't. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> why Why would you do that? But when you zoom in on it, he's just got the his eyes open so slightly in that, like... 
way that guys think is menacing, but really just makes them look very drunk. Yes. Uh, he looks a little like Vince Vaughn. Yeah, he does. Sugar water. Yeah, he's got a lot of pouchiness about his face. Yeah. Uh, one thing I like about Star Wars comics is some of the artists do choose to base, like, the comics' original characters on real living actors, uh, and, which is sometimes and you like pretty this, fun. you say. <laughs> yeah, I think that can be fun sometimes. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Um... Yeah, I am trying to have a lot of restraint here. Um, why does Star- this Why does this wiki not have a description of what it is at the top? Do you need a description of what it is? I mean, we, we need Louisa one. to be able to read something. I feel weird that we're talking and Louisa didn't read the intro. Yeah, there's no information about how many pages or anything. So, uh, no, the pages are up on the top right, one hundred sixty thousand. Yeah, I know, but there's no introduction where it like brags. Oh, there's about no that. welcome to Wikipedia. We are all a bunch of dipshits who spend way too much time thinking about stuff that George Lucas just shat out during a coke bender. <laughs> yeah, Dar- Star Wars is, like, one of the more disjointed, like, long-running franchises, like, yeah. thematically, aesthetically, uh, well, canonically. The franchises that have a good, cohesive plot do do so because there is somebody on the creative team who genuinely cares about making it all make sense together and works very hard at keeping it that way. And, like, the only person who has the authority to do that here would be George Lucas, and he has repeatedly shown that he doesn't give a shit about that at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, he got so frustrated with trying to make it uh, that he quit and sold it to Disney. <laughs> yes. I can just imagine a scenario where George Lucas hired someone to keep the prequels, like, on, on, on theme with the rest of the series, and then day one of filming, that person was like, mm, I think it would be better if we had Qui-Gon Jinn say it this way, because then that's more in fitting with the, like, Jedi ethos, and then, uh, George Lucas was like, you're fired. <laughs> Uh, I think that George Lucas probably was his whole life, like, pretty open to collaboration and criticism, but after he became George Lucas, people were like, I can't possibly criticize him, he'll fire me. But in in those people's defense, that is what he did whenever anyone criticized him. <laughs> That's, no, he, like... He basically let other people make the original three movies, and that's why they're good. Yeah, but then after he became George Lucas, he, like, talked over anyone who had a differing opinion from his. Could be. Yeah. Uh, I looked up Bigger Luke, because I wanted to read about that again. It does not seem to be on this uh, wiki. Yeah, there's not really, uh, like, metatextual things in here. But I I looked up Luke with two U's, (laughs) the clone of Luke Skywalker that I know about, and there is an entry for him, so. Yeah, he's canonical. (laughs) Well, he's in the Legends uh, brand. Um, It's just so strange because there's so many things, like, even as simple as Obi-Wan referring to Darth Vader as Darth, as if it's his first name, uh, and then they're like, "Mm, no, that's a title now. There's gonna be Darth other guys now. Yeah. Well, okay. Like you weren't thinking about it then the first time. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. The thing is that Darth Vader's name is Darth Vader and his title is Darth. It's like when you call somebody like uh Duke, Duke Ellington, mm-hmm. if he became a duke, he would be Duke Duke Ellington. I mm-hmm. see. So he's Darth Darth Vader. Yes. Or exactly. this Luke Skywalker, which is a clone with two <laughs> U's. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> 
the 3U? Yeah, the fo- 3U one is here too, but I think that one's a joke. I love it. I think that's Wait, a joke. Wait, is one. the one with 2U's not a joke? No, no, that one's real. Yeah. Fuck. God damn it, I hate this. Yeah. Uh, Thra- uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn uh, clones him in one of the, like, 90s novels that were sequels to the original trilogy. Why would you name him Luke Skywalker with two U's, though? <laughs> That's such a terrible name. Because those books yeah, were written good. by idiots who suck. <laughs> yes. No, Just gonna, call him anything else. City. Call him Tuke Skywalker. <laughs> that would be good, yeah. <laughs> I've thought about that before, yes. Oh be god, that would be great. Luke Skywalker, but the two the S is a two. <laughs> yeah. Sure, why not? <laughs> uh I am a big Star Wars fan, so I'm gonna click a random page and see if I know about it. Oh, I don't. Oh. Uh, I'll put it in the chat. Uh, I got Hall. H A A L. Hall is a male. Was an male Aqualish. Uh, I guess someone added that Hall was male, but didn't change the art preceding article. Uh, Hall was a, an male Aqualish who served in the Resistance as a member of J Squadron, a squadron of cadets training for the Resistance's Resistance Starfighter Corps around 30 years after the Battle of Endor. Is, this is a character from the middle grade novel Join the Resistance. Are the Aqualish the, uh, it's a trap guys? The fishman? No, uh, the Aqualish are the guy who harasses Luke and gets his arm cut off. Oh, I don't uh, know what you're talking about, but I did click through and see a picture. It's just a big yeah. man if a man was a spider. Yep. Okay. He's got, like, that butt face, and then that other oh, ugly, yes, pig, that uh, the ugly pig nose guy is like, he doesn't like you. I don't like you either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to look it up because I felt like I this was true, and it is true, uh, that the word hal is, like, a fairly important religious word in Arabic. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. good job, Star Wars, you did bad. <laughs> Yep. Uh, it is Arabic for uh, a condition or state of mind, and it is a very important concept in Sufism. Uh, I think that because it's four letters long and it's Star Wars-y, that it was kind of inevitable. <laughs> yeah, like, I can see that. Is if that it an was, excuse? <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, if it was much longer, I'd be like, oh, you did that on purpose. But, like, it's probably just a coincidence. I agree, but you should have checked that. You should have been like, mm, is this offensive? Yes, it is. Mm. Well, uh, none of us is Muslim, so we don't know if references to their That's religious true. concepts are offensive or not. That's true. It might be. I mean, it's probably benign, actually. Although I do feel like if you had a movie and you made a race of like horrific insect monsters and called them like Christmas, I bet a bunch <laughs> of people would be like, hey, this sucks, actually. No, that, that would rule. I would love that. I, uh, yeah, you would love that, but people who believe in that religion would not. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that uh, this was not, like, further research, because this book that this guy is from was written by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker of oh. uh, Thrilling mm. Adventure Hour. Yep. Um, and they're usually very considerate in how they do things. I mean, maybe it's a it's an intentional reference and is a commentary on 
Sufism, which I don't know that much about. Mm, I don't like yeah, the ramifications there. I don't know anything about anything. <laughs> uh, J Squadron. So that's where this guy's from. Yep. Um, on the homepage of this Wikipedia, in the like scrolling hot top bar, <laughs> they are adding. They are advertising a bunch of uh, new Star Wars stuff that is happening, and <laughs> one of them is a series that is going to be on Disney Plus called Star Wars: The Bad Batch. Yep. That is a bad name, and it's so thirsty. <laughs> it's a um, it's a spinoff of Clone Wars about a bunch of clones who had genetic anomalies, and so uh, is it a comedy? Probably a little bit. Mm, I'm afraid oh, that's it's the gonna... worst answer you could have given. Yeah, I'm afraid it's going to try to be like a Suicide Squad. Yeah, uh, yeah, it'll probably be a little bit like Damn it. that, but you know, for children, like a real friendly Suicide Squad that kids can get into. <laughs> I like um the idea that maybe these clones would be kind of like fucked up in some weird way. <laughs> they are. That was pretty good. Like, uh, yeah, in Multiplicity, like, where that one clone of, uh, Michael Keaton's, like, <laughs> real dumb. <laughs> Something's wrong with his brain. Is there any way they're gonna get away with doing this without it being extremely offensive to, uh, disabled people, though? Uh, no, they already- right. These characters already featured in an episode of the most recent- Or a few episodes of the most recent season. And I think uh-huh. it was fine, because all of their genetic anomalies were like, he's too big, or he shoots guns real good, and then was like- Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you go- you get put into the bad batch for being too good at shooting guns? <laughs> Well, they don't want any of the clones to be genetically dissimilar. <laughs> part of the uh, ge- part of the Geneva Convention is your clones can only be so good at shooting guns and no better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the the slaves that you bred just to be um, just just to be warriors in a fight against robots, where you honestly didn't even need living beings to do it. They there's rules about how you have to treat them. <laughs> they definitely should have. All I'm saying is that the bad batch implies the existence of a good batch and they should have had that shooty guy in the good batch instead. (laughs) These are the ones who are better than the average clone. Oh, Yogi Bear's in there too. (laughs) Yeah, the good batch is the rest of them. (laughs) (laughs) Which is confusing me more because now I'm seeing that ad right above this Martio Batch character who's not part of the bad batch or any batch. Well, maybe he is. Maybe he's Mm -hmm. the titular batch. (laughs) Yeah, it's He's about a bunch of batchsters who are gonna... <laughs> the inglorious batchsters. Yep. So Martio Batch is in the bad batch, but Warshio Batch will be in the good <laughs> <Yes>. batch. <laughs> no, the whole point of it is that uh, Martio and Warshio Batch are both bad guys in it, and so you're left, you the audience are left to decide who is truly the bad batch. Oh, that's very good. Mm, the bad batch was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> the bad batch was the villains the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. Uh, I got a random page, and I yep. believe that I have linked it for you. Uh, yep. Jeff, do you know this one? It is a character named Blendry. I do not. Will it Blendry? <laughs> remember this that? YouTube? Is, yep. This character is just Guys. from a guidebook. So, Guys, do you remember YouTube? Shut up. <laughs> no, I don't. Please explain it to me deeper. <laughs> Oh, Louisa, that was the best answer you could have given. Uh, so Blendry was a female Jedi Knight serving the Jedi Order on Ossus during the Order's early years. 
So she's like a prequel kind of person? Uh, even before that, her death date is given as 24,500 years before the Battle of Yavin. Well, who cares about her then? <laughs> like, that's uh, way no too one. far back. I think it's just because she was from, like, a guidebook about the history of the Jedi and the Sith. Oh, man. There's probably, probably a statue of her somewhere that you have yeah. to, like, jump off of during one of the games. Probably. No, well, she's not listed as being in any of the games. Well, but her, is her statue listed as being in any of the games? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's another, like, duplentry parentheses statue. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it's too far back in time, though, is what I'm saying. Like, her- 24,000 years yeah. ago is way too long for anyone to remember her name. Her biography is, like, real things that might be in a biography, and not what it should be, which is, like, she took place- took part in the battle of such and such, but, uh, some historians say that she probably died a hundred years before that battle took place. The fact that she was a member of the Jedi Council means that the Jedi Council was around for 24,000 years? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. That's I don't believe humanoids impossible. are capable of that. Yeah, unless there's a race of Star Warsians that can live for 20,000 years. Is that what Yodas that are? Be. Are Yodas uh, that? Oh, maybe. maybe. Yoda, Yoda lived to be around 900, uh, but I don't know. Like, Oh my god, only- he was just a baby. <laughs> <laughs> The only other two of him are Yaddle, who we know nothing about, and Baby Yoda, who we know nothing about. Yeah. Didn't we find out that that Baby Yoda was, like, 75 years old or something? When we first found him, he's 50. Okay. Uh, suspiciously born the same year as Anakin Skywalker. Mmm. Mm. Twins. Does that mean something? It'll, it'll just probably like, mean something. Just, just like Anakin's uh, children, he is one of a set of twins that were separated at birth. Yeah. Yep. Have a baby Yoda. This makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. We, we never uh, saw what his dad looked like. <laughs> Yoda's, from, Yoda's from the Bad Batch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I, but then he turns I, out to be the good guy. Really makes you think, huh? Mm. Uh, I always wonder about uh, Anakin not having a dad. Like, yeah. is is Shmi lying? Yes. Uh, is <laughs> does, Anna, does he really not have a dad? Is she keeping the identity secret because she likes him or because she wants to protect, or sorry, because she hates him or because she wants to protect him? Or does she just not know? I think it, uh, my favorite interpretation of this is the idea that she is ashamed that she got pregnant at like 15. <laughs> And then when Qui-Gon Jinn is asking her about her sex life, she's like, fuck off, it's none of your business. Mm. Yeah, it's just weird for her to be, like, visibly an adult who knows about stuff and just be like, I don't know, I was just pregnant one day and then a baby came out later. (laughs) It's weird that that's not her whole life. If that was true, why wouldn't she always be going around to people like, guys... Yeah. This is crazy. This crazy thing, the craziest thing in the past 24,000 years <laughs> happened to me. Yeah. It's not crazy to her. To her, it's normal. She doesn't know how it works. <laughs> she doesn't know how babies happen? <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, I think we know yeah, very little about nonsense. her. She might have been born into slavery and just. You're never saying got she may have yet. never gone to school? Is there school? Is there school in Star Wars besides oh, spaceship school? Yeah, there's Hold a school on. you go to as a little Jedi kid to get killed, right? Oh, right. Yeah, you go to Jedi school. That's so like maybe an offshoot of spaceship school. The only, the only, um, 
the only reason that the Jedi's were able to endure for 24,000 years mm-hmm. is because they are the only ones who are allowed to be educated. Yeah. Um, I looked up a list of known schools in, in the Star Wars universe, mm-hmm. and the first one listed is the 10S Technical Institute. <laughs> That's a bummer. What? <laughs> Mm, it's just like technical. a like a STEM school. Yeah, I guess. Hmm. Uh, it's the city of ten. It's located in the city of ten. Huh. On the on planet. The, on the planet of Polnai. I don't know that one. Uh, I think what we found out with Wikipedia orbital bombardment of Yevatha is that Jeff things. is a fraud because Jeff doesn't know any of these things and he claims to know everything about Star Wars. I know a lot about Star Wars, but clicking random pages on Wikipedia is showing me just how much of a, a Padawan I really am. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It's true. I'm mad because I keep staring at this Blendry page, and she uh, departed from something with Kuthalok's fine, and Jedi Master Juke Juke Abrunzen, and I hate that. <laughs> I hate that so much. Yeah, it's not good. I gotta click no, away from this page. Uh, it's a normal name from twenty from twenty four thousand five hundred years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess the a normal name for a human twenty four thousand years ago was nothing because humans didn't <laughs> exist twenty four thousand years ago. Uh, I'm looking at an illustration on the page for 24,500 BBY, uh-huh. and it's a bunch of Star Wars-looking people fighting with regular metal swords. <laughs> yeah, good. I guess they that's, would. That's cool and weird. I like before, that. Before anyone invented lightsabers, they had to do something. <laughs> uh, I think that Star Wars secretly takes place in the future. <laughs> That really blow everything wide open, huh? Their whole yeah. their whole hook was that even though it seems futuristic, it happened in the distant past. But uh, what if that yeah, didn't no. happen? It's actually very far in the future, and the movies are uh, metatextually their whole deal is like, what if somebody much later made movies about those events that take place in our future? It mm. is weird that there are humans in this Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It, like, if it's in a galaxy far, far away, why why are there exactly just humans? And, like, most of the people are humans. It's just a coincidence. <clears throat> what? Hey, are there- wait, 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 no, <laughs> okay. Louisa, we cannot allow that. <laughs> it's just a coincidence that galaxies away, exactly identical beings evolved. Yeah, <laughs> huh? <laughs> That's nonsense. Yeah, I'm curious. Like D&D rules, you could be a half-elf, etc. Are there any people who are blended races of these crazy aliens in the Star Wars universe? Qui-Gon Jinn would not allow it. <laughs> uh, yes, there are. We meet okay. some people who are half-Twi'lek. Uh, Those are the um, tentacle-headed tentacle stripper aliens. Oh, uh, okay. Because yep. I was going to say, I know in the movies, some of the different alien races like flirt with each other. Like Maybe they would have sex, but could they not interbreed, but I guess they can. Uh, I, mean, I think some of the humanoid races can interbreed. Okay. And, like, that's it. I mean, there's absolutely no reason they should be able to. Yeah. <laughs> Why would their genetic material be compatible on any level at all? I mean, it's like we have different species that can breed together on Earth. Yes, because they co-evolved. Like, both 
donkeys and mules are branches off of the same tree, so they have a lot of genetic material no. in common. Mules are half donkey. I think it's donkeys and horses. Sorry. Yeah, donkeys and horses. Yeah. Yeah, how do you know that uh, Twi'leks and humans didn't Oh, co-evolve? that's a good point. What if because there were- they started on different planets! <laughs> no! You don't know that? <laughs> what, if, what are you saying? What if 25,000 years ago there was just one kind of alien? <laughs> but then, mm, over time, they went- 25,000 years ago there were only swords. <laughs> Over time, they went to different planets and developed differently, um, uh, aesthetically differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like in Star Trek. There was like a precursor race that made everybody look basically human with different foreheads. Yeah, the Odos. That does answer a lot of questions. Anyway, I got a random page, and my random page is Crimson Skull. Nice. Hell yeah. I'm looking at I a remember picture that of guy. It, and I like this, too. Yeah, he was Captain America's villain. Yeah, he sure was. He got all fucked <laughs> up. Yep. yep. Uh, so the Crimson Skull was a hover bike model <laughs> produced by <laughs> U- Ubrican Transports during the Cold War between the Galactic Republic and the Sith Empire. Oh, man. I don't know how uh, this is possible, but it looks way less cool than I expected. It has a big skull on it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. This yeah. is just a mount you can get in the video game Star Wars The Old Republic. Okay. So, Which is that's fine, I guess. That no one has ever played. <laughs> I played it for a little while, and then I was like, this is exactly the same as every other MMO, so mm. why? Why bother? It bugs me a little- the Old Republic stuff bugs me a little bit, and I get why Disney hasn't touched it yet, because it's supposed to be like 4,000 years earlier, but everything looks exactly the same. Yeah, like, the, the the robots are still trash cans, but slightly chunkier. Lightsabers look the same. They still have the same spaceships and computers. <laughs> like, why not? Why just- why- why? Why have it be thousands of years before? What if they had reel-to-reel robots back then? <laughs> <laughs> and it would uh, it'd stop functioning until you put in a new cartridge so you could wind its tape the other way. <laughs> like, they just, they spend 4,000 years having the same trash can robots, and then in the space of 30 years, that kind of robot becomes a little ball with a head on top. <laughs> yeah, cool. it makes you question what the um, galactic... What was Empire? it called? The Council? The Republic? What, the thing the before the Empire? The Republic. Okay. Makes you wonder what kind of policies the Republic was pushing that were stymieing development for so long. For 24,000 years. <laughs> That's how they keep you down. They don't let you yeah. develop better robots. Yeah. They, oh, no, I was going to say the Jedi were around for that long, but the Republic, and then I just clicked on the Republic page, and it has a birth and death date, uh-huh. uh, and the birth date is 25,053 BBY. I, these people don't understand how long years are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, let's see, human, in canon, human, do we know how, when it started? Human no. beings on this planet, Earth, didn't develop the ability to speak language until 10,000 years ago. Yeah. 25,000 years? <laughs> well, think about how little has changed in the past thousand years. So, when you look at it that way, uh-huh. it makes yeah. a lot more sense. Uh, I I like what uh, Disney's next, like, big thing is. It was supposed to have launched already in the form of novels, um, but they delayed them because we just 
can't, we're not allowed to have society right now. Because the um, ideas weren't novel enough? Ooh, got them. <laughs> ah! Uh, Wait, writing novels is something you could definitely do in isolation. What are you talking yeah, about? Uh, I think just they delayed the release of them because people don't have money or, uh... Yeah, you need to, you do need to pay a room of drunk monks to copy out your novel onto different, uh, manuscripts so other people can read them. That's true. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the new thing they're gonna do is just 400 years before the movies. So Yoda's still around, but he's a spry young man of only 500 years oh, old. Oh man, this Yoda fucks. Yeah, he's definitely gonna have hair and a big wiener. Uh, what if- uh, Is that this. everyone's dream? Everyone wants that. What if we see him and he's tall and hunky and he just like shrunk over time to become yeah. this horrible worm? Yeah. So the baby Yodas look like baby Yoda, but then in the middle they turn into like super strong- Action stars? Yeah, yeah people he's... don't know this, but Kit Fisto was actually a Yoda. That's why he's so tall and hunky. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but that name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the reason I pulled that name is not only because he's a green guy who everyone is horny for, but because his name is Kit Fisto. I mean, that's why everyone is horny for him, because his name is Fisto. <laughs> Weirdly, it's because in that, uh, like, mid-2000s uh, Samurai Jack team cartoon that they made of the Clone Wars, he they decided to draw him really sexy in that one for some reason. Oh my god, I looked him up because we're on Wikipedia. He has bug eyes. He's not attractive yeah, at all. In the live action movies, he's not like a figure of horniness, but then for some reason in the cartoons they were like, what if we get Phil Lamar to voice him and like draw him just as the smoothest hunk? Huh, okay. Yeah. I will take your word for it, I guess. Yep. Uh, if these people aren't cowards, they will, uh, cast, uh, Channing Tatum as Yoda in this 400 years before. (laughs) (laughs) Channing Tatum, is that the hunkiest actor I could come up with? It it certainly is. Hold on. I wonder. Hunky actors. Yeah, good idea. (laughs) Yeah. Let's see. Let's fan cast Yoda. Yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt. No, he's too, too old. old. You want, no, you want someone old because Yoda's five hundred, but still hunky because you know if he's we're gonna young. do a if we're gonna do a big Yoda anyway, I I think we should really lead into it and go Jason Momoa. Hold on, I'm googling big Yoda now. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, this is a good one. I'm gonna put this thing that people photoshopped onto your uh, into the chat because I really like it. If I can get it to, yeah, here we go. This is not going to be good for our listeners at all. No, it's not. No, it's fine. Uh, Someone has photoshopped Baby Yoda's head onto the Hulk's (laughs) body. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I guess this is, I guess, I guess this turns me on. (laughs) (laughs) Reluctantly. (laughs) Uh, I guess I'll jack off looking at this. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> oh no, you saw a picture of that sexy uh, sea monkey man. Yeah, yeah. see, was uh, I right though? The, they, in the cartoon, they inexplicably make him way sexier? Yeah, although I don't find him attractive, but he is shirtless, so I mean, I guess they are I trying mean, to make him attractive. I guess this turns me off. <laughs> I guess I'll jack off to this. I don't find him attractive either, but like, I recognize what they're going for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yes, I would love it. I would love that they they have the opportunity to really dunk on George Lucas by making the middle phase of a Yoda's lifespan be <laughs> a big man. Yeah. 
<sighs> I am, I am excited for them to get away from everyone being a goddamn Skywalker, uh, cause that last Star Wars movie sucks eggs it's so bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh they, it, they were so close to having a point to the whole yeah. series. They could have done it and they just didn't. Eight was so good, but because, uh, like, five people on Reddit were really angry that it didn't make them adequately horny, Mm -hmm. they were just like, oh no, never mind, we didn't make that one, uh, (laughs) and then they made a movie that pleased absolutely no one. Yep. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. Maybe I never will. Um, Uh, The the action scenes are fine, it looks nice. The whole, when, minor spoilers, but everyone saw it coming, the part where um, Adam Driver and Ray team up and are kicking ass together is very good. Okay. Um, but, like, the script is easily the worst one that's ever been in a Star Wars movie, and I'm including the prequels. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that from several the, people. The, the fact that there's that weird part where, um, uh, what's his face, the main guy, the ex-stormtrooper guy... Finn. Finn, thank you. Where Finn, like, finds a colony of other ex-stormtroopers, and it's, like, a whole thing, but they just don't do anything with that. (laughs) They're just like, and now you're joining our team! Bye! (laughs) What? That seems like a really important thing! Make that your movie. Make that what your movie's about. Go on, sorry. I hear Phasma doesn't come back, and that's some bullshit. Yeah, I wanted her to always come back from seemingly death. Yes! (laughs) It would be Uh, cool if they revealed in the third one that Phasma had been a robot all along, and that's why she can keep coming back. That would be cool. uh, John Boyega was very upset on social media recently about Finn's treatment in- I saw uh, that. Especially Rise of Skywalker, but also The Last Jedi. And though I think The Last Jedi is the best Star Wars movie, I recognize that Finn's storyline is easily the weakest part of it. Agreed. It's wild because they introduced a genuine interesting concept that could have been a wonderful direction for the story to go in with Finn, of like how a empire that was built to last a thousand years can crumble because the people who serve it are not served by it. Yeah. Um, And that could have been great and socially important and an interesting storyline and everything, and instead they were like, "Um, he's the only one though, the end. (laughs) Yeah, there was a plotline that I think they shot and then cut where Finn leads a stormtrooper rebellion in that, like, last segment when they're on the the big ship. That would have been great! That would have been awesome! And yeah! Like, given him so much more of a place to go. Ugh, I just don't understand why they introduced that and then didn't do anything with it. I thought they had a great uh, part of his story in The Last Jedi where he basically is like, okay, I'm gonna sacrifice myself for everybody now, and Rose convinces him that he doesn't have to do that just because he was uh, cloned for that. He doesn't have to make that his life. And that was really yeah. good. That was a good yeah, start like to something. That would have been good. That would have been great if yeah. Rose was in the third movie at all. Uh, yep. Yeah, they they gave Finn a re like he they gave they built him up to give him something he was willing to die for, and then like told him, No, now you need to find something to live for. Yeah. And then they just dropped that plot without him seeking something to live for at all. Uh, that sucks. But, yep. Oh man. I am like I'm I was Back in, like, Star Wars got its <laughs> hooks back in me with Force Awakens. I was like, that was fun to watch. Uh, and, like, it's not great, but, you know, it's fun to watch, not bad. Then Last Jedi, I was like, that movie was phenomenal. It, like, do- it has 
stuff it says successfully, which Star Wars movies rarely have something to say and do it successfully. It's usually like they have nothing to say or they're decent to watch. Yep. Um, it's like the prequels all try to say something and don't ever really succeed at it. Yeah. Uh, and then they follow that up with a movie that sucks to watch and has nothing to say. Yeah, it's a yeah. shame. Is anyone doing, like, the uh, freaking out about the Snyder Cut but for uh, the end of the Star Wars trilogy? Could somebody, like, cobble together some better uh, the prob- yes. movie? The problem People. is that with the Snyder Cut, there is the mythology that there was a good movie that one of the directors wanted to make and then circumstances prevented him from doing so. Whereas, even though it's bad, the third Star Wars movie is absolutely the movie that they set out to make. Yep. <laughs> they just uh, didn't want to make a good movie. There are three conspiracy theories about it, though. They are not like J.J. Abrams got cucked and couldn't make his movie how he wanted. <laughs> the, th- the three conspiracy theories, well, one of them is real. Uh, the script... The original script back when it was, uh, uh, Colin Trevorrow, that one leaked w- along with a bunch of, like, storyboards and concept art, and people were like, oh, this is much better. Uh, I don't know, Colin Trevorrow's bad at making movies, so it probably would have been, like, bad in different ways. <laughs> um, and then the other one is Disney secretly brought in George Lucas to recut Rise of Skywalker, but they won't release it now because he made changes that were too vast, so the Lucas cut is out there. <laughs> Man. And then the, th- sure. the third conspiracy theory is that Disney is going to uh, use some, like, light time travel elements introduced in the ancillary material to uh, write The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker out of canon. Don't you guys think it's weird how time travel is such an assumed part of all science fiction universes, even though it's never going to happen in reality? Yeah. I feel yeah. like I feel like most stuff that is a part of science fiction is stuff that like I can imagine technology advancing to the point where it's going to be real at some point. <laughs> but like time travel is provably impossible. Why do we keep on putting it in every science fiction story? Narratively, we really like it though. Like there's even yeah. prehistoric uh stories oral tradition stories that involve the elements of time travel used as magic. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, uh, like, it's so sparse in Star Wars because it's something that can easily break a, like, franchise this big. Yes. Um, that the only place it has been explicitly seen is, um, in Rebels and a little bit in, like, the VR game, hmm. uh, where you can open a portal in, like, into the Force and the Force mm-hmm. exists beyond time, so if you can figure out how to navigate it, you can go to You can travel times. back in time and kill baby Yoda before he grows up to be Hitler. <laughs> yeah, <Man>. exactly. <laughs> he, has a, he has a hunky stage and he also has a Hitler stage, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the two genders. <laughs> God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> hunky and Hitler. No! Yep. Uh, it's a funny joke. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Uh, All right, guys. Let's finish this. Yeah. Yeah, Thank thank you for listening to this episode of our show. If you liked it, please rate and review us on iTunes and tell your friends about the show so we can continue to grow. Uh, If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod. And uh, if you want to join our Discord and talk to us, you can do so by messaging us on social media. I'm on social media at MattHeron at Mastodon.online. 
If you want to go on Instagram or Snapchat, my username on both of those is JeffJK. Uh, and if you want to follow my thoughts on a microblogging platform, I also use Mastodon. The URL you want to type in is mastodon.social slash at symbol JeffJK. All right. Now, what is a symbol, Jeff? <laughs> uh, a symbol, it's like a big round thing that you hit with drumsticks. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, you can find me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Please come back next week. In the meantime, keep your pockets on track. Here's another one for you, Belthagor. Do your job! <laughs>